Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to podcast episode 388. And today I have a very special guest, Mr. Liam Carolyn. He is a Legends X student and he's been absolutely crushing it. I'm super impressed with what he's been uh, putting together in the last couple of months uh, through the program. And uh, so I wanted to invite him to speak about how to scale your Airbnb business by building relationships. That's something that uh, Liam specializes in. So Liam is the CEO and founder of Ginger and Gold. Uh, it's a cool name. Uh, it's a property management company based out of Norwich in England. And that's the Norfolk area, East England. So Liam, welcome to the show. Excited to have you. I'm excited to be here, Jasper. Thanks for this opportunity. And uh, yeah, really excited to uh, be on Get Paid for Your Pad. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's start with your background. Like, How did you get into short-term rentals? Um, it was one of these things where I was in retail. I was a retail manager of a local department store and uh, I'd spent years climbing up a sort of corporate ladder. And I just found out that my son was being born and, you know, it's a marvelous time, but it really starts to make you think about the future. And I decided I didn't want him growing up with me working 65, 70 hours a week. So it was just a, a case of starting to look around at the different ways that people make money uh, in property mainly, you know, I'd always grown up around, uh, you know, hearing properties, the things to get into. And uh, by joining some of the Facebook groups, I, I started to hear, hear about serviced accommodation or what is in America master leasing. And uh, yeah, I found somebody who was talking about it quite a lot. She seemed in a similar situation with, with children and she had changed her life around. So I decided to get involved in that while still working sort of 65 hours a week. Uh, decided to get involved, get some training, and uh, and get started in master leasing and, and rent to service accommodation. And uh, from there, I think within seven months, uh, I had then my first two units, one managed and one uh, rent to SA, and uh, learned a lot by doing and learned a lot on the move. So, yeah, that's that's really what got me into it. And I would say that it was the the want to give my son more time which really pushed me into into changing what i was doing at the time yeah that's a great reason to to get involved in uh, in in a, in a business um what do you still work do you still have your job or are you no unfortunately yeah. enough it, it was a case of um i continued doing that for about 12 13 months after i got my first unit and uh, it just got to a stage it was actually just before christmas in christmas in retail as i'm sure anybody listening can relate is is quite full on 
Uh, I was managing 40 staff at the time. It got to Christmas Eve and uh, we had just uh, moved house as well that week. And so there was a lot going on. We'd just taken on, I think, our fourth unit. And I just said to me over half, I just said, I think I'm done. I think that's that's it. I think it, it, it was a case where the business wasn't quite ready to support me. But I could see that it was if I didn't start pumping my time into the business instead of into you know the job, then one of the two was going to start to fall down. And uh, that's one of the things for me. I like to whatever I say I'm going to do, I like to do it. So I, I said to the job, I said, look, I'm ever so sorry. I can't do this anymore. And then I put myself fully into the business. And uh, I'd still say it's the best thing I've ever done. You know, really, really pleased doing that. Yeah, yeah, congrats. That's a big jump. Was this Christmas 2020 or the year before? Uh, that? Christmas 2019. So I've now been uh, full-time in the business for a year and a half. Awesome. How many units are you currently managing? So we're now at uh, 10 units. It's a mix of uh, master leasing and, uh, and managed properties. And what I found by doing that, When we took on our first management property, I only had the first rent to service accommodation. And it was actually my mentor at the time who, who turned around and said, yeah, come on, say, say yes, figure it out. Let's, let's, let's do this. And I'm so pleased she sort of pushed me into, uh, into doing that at the time because you learn so much more from having a management unit than you do just from having a, a master leasing unit. There's, there's so many more moving parts. And from a business standpoint, the benefit of having a management unit is it cash flows from the start. So that was one major plus point. And at a time where in the winter months where the managed units were actually making a good proportion of, of the profit of the overall business, because, of course, when the bookings are lower in the winter or, or in, the, in the sort of early part of January months and uh, maybe February, the rent to SA or master leasing ones, just you see a significant drop. The costs are a much bigger proportion of the overall unit, whereas the management ones stay pretty consistent. You, you, you're still making money even if that is is dropped. So I'm glad that we have grown both consistently and uh, now our focus is moving, thanks to Legends X, is moving firmly on to management. Uh, yeah. You know, sort of growing. Yeah, that's the that's a big advantage of the of the management model, right? That you don't have to pay those monthly rents. So if the if the bookings do go down, then um, you know you're still making your percentage of what's coming in, and you're not stuck with these uh, with these high expenses. Um, awesome. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about relationships because you know you told me that that was for you that was the the major focus on on you know getting your 10 units is it's really building those relationships um, and there's you know there's a lot of different ways that we can go out and and find new properties but you've really specialized in the relationship uh, building uh, aspect of it so let's just start with you know what's how does that work like how do you leverage relationships to find new properties whether it's management or or master leasing it's really just throwing yourself out there and really trying to find the people who you need to make good connections with. So of course, for, for us at the start, that was definitely agents. Agents seem to be the best way to uh, to get started. So we actually, instead of just phoning up, we phoned up some, but for most of them, it was actually going into every agent, you know, sort of letting agent, speaking to them and actually just trying to build rapport with people. And that doesn't just happen over one visit because they, they get used to seeing people come in all the time. You know, they, they can see somebody who's just gone and done a course, come in, 
spouted off what they've they've been told and then then go off and do it but if you go in a few times you take them a coffee you know you make sure that you're following up when you say you're going to follow up and um, that's one thing for me which has really worked out well is that when you find local agents especially because they're looking to uh, build um, they're a little bit more flexible than some of what the national ones are we tend to find the national ones are very much structured as to how they like to do things but when you go into a local agent they're they're much more likely talk to you, listen to how you can help them. And that's a key thing with any relationship is that you've got to go in with a aspect of how you can help them. So one of the things that we started doing right from the start is to say, when you go into an agent is say, we, we do short term accommodation. So if you've got anybody who's moving house, we'll help you by, you know, offering short term accommodation. And if you recommend us, we'll make sure your clients get preferential rate or, you know, or, or potentially some commission back to them. And instantly you've disarmed them because they see that as you're offering them a service. And then you go, by the way, have you got any places that we can do a lease on to take on more properties? We're constantly after more properties. And then that way you're actually, you've come at it at a, a different angle for, for most people. Overall though, there's, there's other ways to do it as well. So quite early on, we started to reach out to local Facebook groups uh, who do short-term rental. We started to reach out to holiday let groups and even you know just even property networking groups and stuff like that and just started putting myself out there that I was interested in meeting these people and from the early days we've formed a group here in Norwich and Norfolk where we're now up to 25 hosts within a whatsapp group of all of the short-term rental operators locally and if I didn't do that right at the start I wouldn't have got the level of knowledge that I'd have got as quick as I'd have got but also because you're forming good relationships and the, the the way that I've approached that is saying that many people have got one or two properties, whereas there'll sometimes be big groups of workers where they want to house, you know, anywhere between 10 and 20 staff, which not single person can take. But as a group, we can then offer, you know, multiple properties and that's beneficial to them. It's beneficial to us and, and everybody wins. So. I think it's always just a case of reaching out and making sure you're offering the other person, you know, value in that first and getting out of your comfort zone, you know, really putting yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. You touched on a lot of stuff that I want to get into, into more detail, you know, who to build relationships with, how do you build relationships with them? But let's start with, uh, you mentioned agents. So when you say agents, like who, who do you mean exactly? So letting agents, anybody who's, uh, you know, renting out the properties, we, we actually still have one agent that we go to over and over again. And now it's a case where he knows exactly what we're after. So he now emails us before it even goes on the market, lets us know what the property is going to be. The investor has only just bought the property and he'll message through going, look, this is the location. Would you be interested in it? You know, he'll let us know the rental rate and, uh, what we always do is make sure that he is looked after as well. So we actually now give him a commission for every single one that he brings us. And actually, he's been instrumental in helping the master leasing, the rent to SA side grow for us. And it's been really, really good to have him as a connection because if there's ever any problems between us and the landlord, he smooths things over. And it's even got to a stage now where we now rent his mum's property. So he's one of our, or his, his mum is one of our clients. So uh, forming these relationships at the start, that started off with just a walk in off the street, explaining what we do and just offering our services to help them. 
um, and talking about the type of people that we serve in the area. So we mentioned some big companies in the area. We've got Aviva, was formerly Norwich Union, this big insurer, I think they're worldwide, and talking about the local hospital that we accommodate their staff. So as soon as as we got went in there, the, the entire aim is to build trust, which is your biggest aim of, of any relationship is to build that trust. And you can do that in a number of ways. One, always follow up on what you say you're going to do. You know, if you say you're going to email them, you know, just email them. It's not rocket science, but so many people don't do what they say they're going to do. And that's a really important thing for that relationship. And also not to take things too personally and emotionally as well. So sometimes there's times where the agent won't come back to you or things won't go your way. You know, we, we just say, okay, it's one of those situations and we move on to the next thing we can affect instead. Yeah, I think the key point is is just walking into that office in in the first place, right? Because that's where yeah. that's why I see that a, a lot of our students are struggling the most because yeah, yeah it's a bit a bit uh you say nerve wracking, I guess, just to yeah. walk into an office, talk to some people that you don't know, and and start yeah. building a relationship. It comes more natural to some people than 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 others. But I think, you know, that is the most important part, right? Because without that part, like nothing, nothing's going to happen. Like you can't really build it. You can't really do this behind the screen, right? I mean, you can send an email. You can send a, a bomb bomb video, right? Or a, like a loom video. That's a bit more personal than just an email. But, you know, the power of just meeting somebody in real life. I mean, that that's so strong. I mean, it's so much easier to build that connection to build that relationship in person. So obviously now with COVID, it's a bit tricky. You know, some offices are closed, like people are working from home and, and, and stuff like that. But I think as the as the world is opening up, I, I, I saw that in England, things are, you know, opening up in the next couple of months. Um, so, you know, right now, I think is is for anybody who's listening and anybody who wants to grow their their business right now is is the time to do it. Um, because the short-term rental industry is is going to boom, is my, is my belief, right? With all the remote workers, uh, with uh, people preferring uh, short-term rentals over hotels, avoiding crowded spaces, people staying for longer, working from different Airbnbs around the world. You know, it's all pointing in in the right direction for the short-term rental industry, right? And the economies are going to open up in the next couple of months. So right now is the time to, you know, build your plan, get your stuff together and uh, and start, you know, getting ready for for expansion. So, so yeah, I, uh, I think uh, you did a great job. And uh, I think another thing that you mentioned, which is really, really true is, and we'll dive more into that now is, you know, how do you build that relationship, right? Because I think a lot of people they approach it um, the wrong way. They approach it from their perspective. So they are, they are thinking like, hey, I want to I wanna rent this apartment from this person or I want to manage this, this person's home. That's their focus, right? So they come in and they immediately go to what, they, what we then call the ask, right? There's, there's two parts of the relationship. Like it's, it's the value you bring and then that's, there's the ask you know, the, what you're looking for. Right. So I, I love what you were saying where, where you said, um, you know, start by bringing value. I think yeah. that's crucial. I think the other thing is, and definitely right about what you're saying, cause I still get nervous. I've got to be honest when, when we go in places, you know, I think it's good to have a little bit of nerve, but it's that the difference between having confidence and competence, you know, you'd rather have 
You know, would you rather have a a pilot who's confident or a competent one? Do you know what I mean? Like you'd want somebody who who who's who who know what they're doing as they go in. And um, that's one thing which when you when you go in, not just thinking about what value you can bring them, but try and put yourselves into their mindset. So most agents the first thing they're worried about is protecting their landlord. They've got a contract with their landlord. That landlord wants to uh, make sure that they get the right tenant, a long lease. You know, they want to make sure the place is looked after. And that is, that's the thing. This agent has got that on them to make sure they find the right person. So they, they really want to protect their landlord. So depending on how they view you as a threat to that or as somebody who can help meet those obligations, then that's the entire job when you go in there is to build that trust and for them to see that you are somebody who is going to look after the place. And um, some of the tactics and how to do that, first of all, I would always say lean on any previous transferable skills. So for me, when I first walked in there, bearing in mind that I didn't have places of my own at the time, I talked about what I did, you know, I, you know, is, is I'm a previous manager of a, of a department store with 40 staff that gives you credibility. I was talking to somebody the other day and she was a, a letting agent was her, her former, former job wanting to go into master leasing and, and management. I said, what a great thing you can use as a transferable skills as something where you can really appreciate where the other person's coming from. And because you know that, you know what you're looking to, what that uh, agent is looking to protect the landlord for. So yeah, that's definitely a couple of ways. The other thing, talking about local companies and talking about what you do instead of trying to sell it to them all the time. So try and tell them the stories and stuff like that. I always find that if I talk about a real example of my cleaner went in every week, she always drops a text to me saying how clean the place is. Well, what they're actually taking from that, they're taking, oh, they check on their places. But that sounds a lot better than me going, yeah, every week we check on our places because they've just got to take my word for it. When I'm telling the story about my cleaners who have gone in, you know, if they find any problems, they've text me, you know, and even show them examples and stuff like that. And also to have the confidence that at any stage, and I've never found anybody wants to do this, but at any stage, I always say to them, I say, look, if you want to talk to my other clients, talk to the other landlords, even come round to one of our other properties, come and see it. These are the photos that it was taken, you know, two years ago or whatever. Come and see it today because it still looks like these pictures because it's got to to service our guests. Our guests are expecting that. So there's a couple of tactics there that you can use to um, to try and build that trust with, with sure. agent or landlords. Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online Hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional, your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y dot com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. Now let's dive into the second part. So the first part is, you know, make sure you understand the 
perspective and the position of of the person that you're building a relationship with so you understand how you can bring value how you, how to build that trust mm-hmm. now the second part is also important you also once you build that trust then you also have to let the other person know how they can help you right because mm-hmm. if you don't let them know like then they don't know what you're looking for necessarily right so how how do you go about that how do you how do you communicate that we try and be really clear about what we're after and what we're not. And this this is trial and error. I learned from just saying the, the first time, I've got to be honest, I wanted any property that they'd give me. You know, just going in, just going any property, any property's fine work. That's not the case because you don't want them to, A, waste their time, you know, offering you stuff or talking to landlords, which, you know, the, the properties wouldn't be appropriate. Waste everyone's time, theirs included. And also you don't want to end up with a property which isn't right that you haven't got your, your due diligence over and that side of things. So it's being really clear about what we're after. So for, for our particular agent, I always say to him, any apartments we're just not interested in. We, we, that's not something that we do. We do manage a few apartments, but when it comes down to your standard uh, new build apartment in Norwich, it's not something that we, we'd be after. Any entire houses with their own private entrance is one key thing, which we've always gone for. And it's really served us well during COVID because Obviously, having your own private entrance has been a really important aspect of, of any guest stay. So they know how many bedrooms. We tend to like two to five bedroom properties. Actually, the bigger, the better for, for us to, to the larger size. Two bathrooms. And he's they're already given a spec of what we really would like. So a lot of the time, they can just do a quick check on any properties that come across their desk. They know the area. So this is a really good tip for anybody listening is, if you go to Google My Maps, you can actually construct your own map on Google My Maps. So this is something which I made about two years ago, and we're actually presenting this at a an event, a speaking event in Norwich in the next couple of weeks about the map that we use to to map out our preferred investment area. And the preferred investment area, you can actually put in, you can mark out zones around the hospital of where guests are more likely to stay. You can mark out, we're very close here to the Norfolk Broads. We're not ever so far away from the coast. So you can start to map out a 20-minute sort of journey away from these places. And at the areas where they overlap, there's a few key areas where these zones overlap. You can actually go, well, actually, if I have a property there, they could be staying for the hospital. They could be staying to visit the history of the city. I found that really useful exercise. And just to add to that as well, what we done, we mapped out the top, employers in the area because we want to target business you know people working in the area so we actually mapped out all of the biggest employers in the area and all of the tourist attractions in the area and all of a sudden you start to see a real pattern over where these places are if you're getting properties close to these places well you're going to be better off than if you're not looking at that kind of strategy so i'd recommend people look at google my maps yeah, that's a great tip. And I think that's important for two reasons, as you mentioned. Number one is uh, is actually to find the best areas for your rentals. But number two is that people really appreciate clarity, yeah. right? When somebody, when somebody wants something from you or is looking for something that you can help with, that person comes across very confident and clear and knows exactly what they're looking for, then people are much more much more likely to actually help right because somebody just shows up and you know you get the impression that the person's like kind of all over the place don't really know what they're looking for then you know it's also much harder to help that person so i think that's a that's a great tip let's talk a little bit about about legends x so you joined uh about 
two months ago, right? When we when we started this program, and I've noticed that you've really uh, you know given it 110%, which is awesome to get a you and your business partner, Donatas. Hope I pronounce this correct. But yeah, what's uh what are some of the what are some of the things that you've learned for the program, and and why did you sign up in the first place? Key reason I signed up in the first place is we're right in that zone where we've got a few properties and we do a bit of this, we do a bit of that. And and I could already see that one of the things which I always learned in my previous sort of retail career is that it's just a pattern. All you need to do is find what sells, put it in the right place, and you just repeat that pattern over and over again. So what I realized is that although we've, we're have making money and certainly we could go in a number of different directions, I recognized that we can't go in all them directions at the same time. And I needed to get really focused about how I was going to take the company from a few rental properties really to scale up to a proper uh, scalable business that perhaps in the future we could sell or, you know, we could we could actually hand over and manage it for, from afar, that sort of thing. So I reached out. I actually got the uh, recommendation from Mark Simpson to join Legends X and he said that it would be a good fit and certainly just reading about it it was obviously had a had a chat with um, Eric and since starting my business I thought I was really good on stuff in terms of I thought I had systems down I thought I knew a couple of key things like I'd even back in January I'd even prepared a key documents list where I had all of my analyzation tools in I had the guest email templates everything had listed down but that was all listed in one big file on Google basically or on uh, the G Drive and I now look back at that and go, wow, I had the, the bare bones, but actually now what I know is, is huge about how to actually structure that into the three different, you know, system templates and, and references and that. And actually, I thought I was clear on my guest avatar. I've, I've been talking about guest avatars on, on my socials and stuff like that. I thought I'd really clear, but it's funny how when you really dive down and you really get this stuff down onto paper, and we've now got our, our values actually up behind me on the board and that sort of thing. You start to go, you start to base some of your decisions on it. So even today, we've had a question come in about uh, we've, we've gone into a further four weeks of uh, sort of restricted opening basically across here in, in, in the UK. And uh, because of that, it affects large groups who are planning to come as, as two or three households, which can no longer come. And uh, one of the questions they've said about is, you know, can they refund? Can they move the dates? And straight away, we think of our values and one of which is integrity, making sure that we deliver people, leave people in a better place than when they found our company. Well, actually, that makes our decision really easy about what to do about moving their dates or offering a refund because that is, that's part of our core values. And so all of a sudden, it doesn't just become, you know, an idea in my head. It's actually something that somebody could, you know, follow that system and uh, make decisions based on that. So, yeah, it's been a lot of, uh, I won't lie, there's been a lot of work happening, obviously, over these two months, but I'm really excited. It's probably the most excited I've been since I started my business back two and a half years ago. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned a, a couple of things, and uh, one is the core values, right, mm-hmm. which is where we really, we really figure out, like, what's important to us as a person, but and what's important to us as a, as a business. And you did an amazing job at that exercise. It does take a bit, little bit of time to figure it out, but you've now printed it out. I, I see it behind you. And you're right. When you know exactly what your values are and the values of your company, then you can literally use that as a, as a Northern star, right? Yeah. You can use it as a guideline for any decision you make in your business. Plus, 
other people, any anybody you work with, like whether it's employees or partners or landlords, when you are really clear on those values, those people will then also pick up on that, right? And one thing I learned over the years doing this podcast is by interviewing so many people is that like the majority of people want to do business with people that share their values, that they can align with in terms of like what's important to them. That's why I really believe in these core values. And it's awesome to hear that you're already starting to see that that's being used as a guideline to making decisions in your business. The second thing that you mentioned is the playbook, right? Mm -hmm. That's been a game changer for myself and Eric is actually having a centralized system where we house all of our documentations. That's one of the main reasons why we started this program is because we realized like that's really the business. Like people, when people think about a business, they think about like the idea and like the customers and making money and all of that stuff, which obviously is also important. But at the end of the day, like you can't really grow a business if you don't have your processes in place. And if you don't have them documented in a way that you can also, it's easy to, it's easy for you to find it, but it's also easy for new team members that you bring into the business to find all the information that they're looking for. Plus, it's much easier to sell a company in the future. That's something that you mentioned that you wanted to do. If you go to a potential acquirer and you show them that playbook and you say, look, this is our playbook and this is everything we do, everything we do in the business, it's in here. That makes it so much more attractive for them to buy it. Because otherwise, if you buy a company and people are operating from their brain, from their memory, how are you going to operate that business without those people? Right. And then you have to build, you literally have to go in, buy the company, and you have to hold on to all of the employees and the owner of the business first to then take all the information out of their heads and put it into your own system, which is a massive, massive undertaking. And I think that's a a big roadblock for potential acquirers to to buy a business is not having those having those documentations in place, right? Hundred percent. And actually, you just reminded me on that. That was one of the other reasons I got involved in it was I was lucky enough to be on a twenty-four hour clubhouse room back in February with with Julie George, and uh, she obviously talked about her business that she has she had systemized and sold for a million million dollars. And uh, actually, that was a bit of a an eye opener for me because I suddenly I'd never considered at some stage I might want to sell my business. And of course. You can't sell yourself as part of the business. You've got to have this stuff down, you know, sort of all these processes down and actually documenting even now, whenever we send an email, my first thought is, can I save this email as a template and use this more than once? You know, you you always, everything you want to do, you want to try and create net time, no extra time by copying that and just putting it into that playbook or, or to utilize it in some way. And yeah, I found it really really eye-opening the playbook as well as the oaths to the clients we, we went and done a viewing in north norfolk this week and one of the questions we always get asked is if we take more properties on and give them to you will you give us a discount on your management fee and what i've always said to people is that um why would we give a discount when we're looking to fill all the houses equally if if we make more on somebody else's house why would you want why would you want us to lower our fee when we're doing a really good job to make sure your property's filled, that's our incentive to do it. And instead of doing that, I actually used one of our oaths that we've got, which is if we don't hit our predicted income from that property, we'll half the price of our management fee for that one month. 
because our values is integrity and, and we do what we say we're going to do. So and straight away that knocked out the question about discount and they, they left with good impressions. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. host of the guest of is something that we cover in uh, in one of the first weeks of uh, Legends X is essentially brand promise, right? And it really creates it's a it's a bold move to throw out guarantees and it, it just you know it immediately establish yourself as a as a professional who's confident in what they're doing right so i mean we can talk about this forever but um but we gotta we gotta wrap up this podcast so before i let you go uh let the listeners know if they ever visit england and i'm sure people will be visiting England because it's it's opening up soon and everyone's looking forward to traveling. So let people tell us a little bit about your area, why people should visit and how they can find your properties. Okay, so we're in an idyllic city um, right in the east of England. There's a lot of history here in the middle of Norfolk. And actually, we're about 20 minutes away from the world famous Norfolk Broads where you can hire boats out, you can go uh, kayaking or canoeing. And we're about 30 minutes away from the coast on both sides, some of the most beautiful award-winning beaches within the UK. So if you do plan to visit anywhere in England, just come and see Norwich, certainly. If you do want to reach out and see our properties in particular, just go to www.gingergoldlimited, so it's ginger color gold, uh, ltd.co.uk. And uh, yeah, you'll get to see some 3D tours on there of some of our places. There's a blog that we update regularly, which is all the places that myself and my family like to visit. So uh, yeah, there's lots to see and do here. Gingergoldltd.co.uk is the place where you want to go if you're planning to visit England or if you want to get in touch with Liam. So Liam, thank you so much for joining. Congratulations on you know everything you're doing within Legends X. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, working with you. Thank you. Thank you very much for this podcast. All right, and to the listeners, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week. So see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.